I would say have your finger hovered and you just point at him when you want yeah. him to do it. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are doing a geeky boner episode. That's right. We're going to talk about the stuff that has us metaphorically erect, or maybe realistically, but we won't talk about that. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Molly Glover. It's me, Molly Glover. And Nick Glover. Hey, hey! And folks, you know what it's time for? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we we created a sound file just for this show. It's a Geeky Boners episode. We are here to talk to you about... Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. We're here to talk about what has got all of us super excited right now. We do this every now and again for folks new to our podcast because, of course, we are geeks. We're geeks without God. And uh, we like to talk about what has got us emotionally and geekily erect. Obsessed with my yes. own boner. <laughs> That's right. So uh, we're going to start with Molly, who's Ooh, clearly yes, obsessed I am. with her own boner. Molly, what is your current boner? My current boner, what has me raging, tumescent, throbbing, I would dare say, is uh, I am rereading the Wheel of Time series. Ooh. Yes. So we... That's like uh, 50 books long or something It's a lot like of that. books. So I yeah. never got past book... I finished book nine long time ago in the early aughts uh when book nine came out i read it and it was very boring (laughs) and i finished it and then it was a long time in my memory between nine and ten coming out and Mm -hmm. in that time i just didn't uh go back to it and never you didn't wheel back i did not wheel back to the time is Uh, nine is the winter winter is harder whatever yeah yes so uh it and it was i mean it was it had it has a thrilling conclusion things happen but i just for whatever reason in my early 20s i didn't go back to it which is weird because i was so obsessed with wheel of time in college oh same in college i it is it was one of the first uh one of the first literary series series that got me obsessed, uh, the the Dark Tower being the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen King's The Dark Tower was my first true love obsession where I thought about it all the time. I talked about it all the time. Uh, Wheel of Time was similar. I had a few friends that were reading the books too. We talked about it all the time. What was going to happen? Like all the difference, all the cool systems of magic, the Aes Sedai, Sidin versus Sidar. I mean, just so much cool shit. And so like I, as when the show started, uh, there's a new show on Amazon Prime. We just saw season two. Uh, It was so good. The first season was so good. And it made me remember how much I loved this world. Uh, And I was very excited by it. I decided to try to go back to it. Uh, and I read the first book a little and uh, got about halfway through the first book and was like, Jesus Christ, the <laughs> writing is so much worse than I remember it being. Uh, the writing, and that that's still that's still true, but uh, that first book is a lot harder to get through when you've you know, you know all this because it's so much setup. And so I had I had just seen the first season, so I, I waited and then we watched season two this year, and about 
about three episodes into season two as Nick was like, do you remember? Is this, is this what happened? Is it? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think this is how it happened because the show is taking pretty dramatic liberties. My, uh, my good friend Dane, descri- who's also a big Wheel of Time nerd, describes the show as uh, all the Wheel of Time books put into a bag, shaken up, and then they take out parts and they just are like, this part now, which is cool. And it's it's got a good it's got a good narrative. I like the show a lot. But uh, I decided let's go back. I wanna I wanna be more familiar with the source material. So in September I started rereading. I started with book two. I decided I would skip book one. I knew what happened. Trollocs, burning village. You're the chosen one. One of you three. Tavaran. The whole fucking shenanigans. Find out it's Rand, etc. Book two started that one, and I'm currently on book eight, The Path of Swords. So I've been reading them on my Kindle. Uh, pretty much straight through. That is the main thing I'm reading with my eyes right now. I've taken a few breaks to read a couple of the new Brandon Sanderson novels that have come out, but mostly if I'm reading with my eyes on my Kindle, I'm reading Wheel of Time. So Wheel of Time was written by... Robert Jordan. Robert Most Jordan, but then he died. He died. Uh, he then- died at around, I want to say, book 12 or 13, and then Brandon Sanderson, uh, who had been tasked by him to take over took over right. and finished the series. So Robert Jordan had all these notes uh, as well as partial manuscripts. And he very much, uh, he really, he was friends with Brandon. They, they liked each other's work. Uh, and so he actually asked him, will you take over when I die? He knew he was going to die. Uh, looks like, yep. With book, looks like he died midway through book 12. He'd written 12, 13 and 14 parts. And how many books are there? Is it done or is it? There's it's done. 14 books and a prequel. Yes. So it is done. Uh, so for a book, while, yeah, it's like been done. Years. It's been done for about ten right, years. Yeah, yeah, I just I couldn't remember yes. where. Yeah, so uh, you know, I could just look up the ending and see what happens and everything. But I've actually been really enjoying revisiting this uh, fantasy from my childhood. And we talked last week about how you know back in the '90s and the '80s, there just wasn't a lot of fantasy. Yeah. There, we didn't have all this amazing television, all these movies in fantasy with these incredible costumes and effects mm-hmm. and budgets. Like when you had them, they were cheesy as shit because there just wasn't the amount of money getting poured into that stuff as there is now. Um, but the books I remember Go really, watch Dragon Slayer if you want to understand what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember really loving these books a lot and fe- and at the time they felt very uh, they felt very advanced. Like I had read Dragonlance and now I was reading Wheel mm. of Time and Wheel of Time felt so grown up compared to Dragonlance. Like then, <laughs> and now that I'm reading it I'm like oh, this is still teen drama because the majority of the protagonists are, are 16, 17, 18 years old. So it is still a little YA-ish other than all the very, very dramatic violence. But what's what's interesting is don't it's, forget the rape. Well, that's there, there's actually a lot less rape than you'd think. There's, there's <laughs> I no, mean, no, for real. The only character so far that's been raped is a a, a man uh, who has been sexually assaulted by a queen uh, many times, and it's portrayed as a joke. It's in book seven. He uh, a very sexually adventurous and voracious queen from a people that oh they don't they don't oh they're not like us like they oh their women are very strong and they they're Ooh. very forward and they were revealing yeah. clothing and this queen takes it on herself that she really likes Matt Cawthon and she uh, I mean there is really no other word for it. Uh, grooms and assaults him nightly, uh, burns his clothes, makes him wear clothes that show off his butt, uh, starves him until he decides he will eat with her so that she can fuck him after, ties him up, 
I mean, like all kinds of awful things. And everyone's like, tee hee hee, must be hard. Oh, it must be so awful because you have been a woman chaser your whole life. And now you're the one being chased. What do you think? I mean, it's pretty rough, actually. It's, it is very indicative. And that's something I want to talk about. It's really indicative of how in the 90s, when these books were being written, uh, that was not a thing. Any, I mean, I don't remember ever hearing about it being possible to rape a man. And it being mm-hmm. one of those things that was very not talked about, uh, at least not from a woman. A woman raping a man was not sure. a thing that could happen. And so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of misogyny in these books. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the main character, Rand, the Dragon Reborn, is uh, uh, torn up inside about the fact that he's putting women in danger. Aes Sedai, women who are hundreds of years old and all-powerful, who, I mean, like, he's like, but they're women. Uh, far direst my, the, the maidens, the maidens of the spear from the, uh, the Aeol. The, the Like the Fremen. The Aeol warriors. <laughs> These women who are so tough, they run, you know, tens of miles in a day. They are wedded to the spear. Each they're one of them like, is worth 50 like, regular soldiers. Yes, and he, and if one of them dies where they are willingly going to battle for him and have like repeatedly said, stop fucking infantilizing us. Like we're here to carry your honor. When one of them dies, he's like so torn up and he spent, they spend chapters on how sad it is that women died. But like, meanwhile, he even says like, it's not as big a deal when men die. Those are men. (laughs) They're doing what men do. They're soldiers. And it's like, that's what these women are. Yeah, yeah, but they're, but they're women. also women soldiers. Yeah. So that is the most frustrating stuff. And I will admit, when we get into those bits, I'm just like, skim. I'm just sort of like, <laughs> just like, okay, when do we stop lamenting the death of these women who chose to die for you? And you're instead of like honoring their sacrifice, you're like, I'm the worst man around. How can I even, how can I look at myself in the mirror when there's women dying for me? Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's so, it's, there's a lot of sexism and misogyny. There's a lot of, I I mean, misandry, to be honest, there's there's a lot of uh, gender stereotypes and uh, really, you know, the, the very classic uh, uh, every time they go to a new town or city, they have to describe everybody and, and everybody of one type wears the, like everyone in tier, the men all dress the same and the women all dress the same, right? Like it'd be like if it was like America where everyone wears jean shorts and American flag print shirts. It sounds and like it'd be more fat. like you go to New York City and everybody, all the men and women in New York City wear the same they clothes. They all wear the same clothes. And then you go to St. Louis yes, and, and everybody all, in St. Louis wears the same clothes, ev- but not the same clothes as the people in New York City. Everyone right. in LA sure. is dressed the same. Everyone in Chicago is dressed the same. Yes. And so it gets a little... Sometimes they'll be like, why, this man has the mustaches of a Taraboner, and yet he's not wearing their flat conical hat. Instead, he's wearing the hat of an Ebudari. And it's just like, like they're just shocked that these, it just, it gets a little, but in any event, I'm almost up to the book where I stopped, which is yeah. the next book. And then from there, it's all new to me. So I'm very excited. And Good luck. it's, it's and been then, a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's a short jump from there to the stuff written by Robert Jordan. Uh, Sanderson. Or, least, or Sanderson, rather. Yep. Yeah. And I love Brandon Sanderson's writing, but I also find him to be a little bit of a misogynist well, and when a little it comes bit to immature. his writing yeah. and a little bit immature. So... You know, it sounds like it'll fit right in. It sounds like I think it's, I think it'll be good. I tapped out at Winter Heart Winter's Heart as well 
because 75% of that book is people sitting around a campfire waiting for things to happen. Yes. Oh, and man. and like armies are moving. Will they be here? No, it's winter. It's winter. And it's going to be winter for a while. It's winter. <laughs> like, yes. Um, that, but they were, they were a huge well, part like, of my life, That's like a, a true-to-life cowboy novel. Yeah. yeah. That's what cowboys yeah. did most right. of their Sit around the a fire and they wait. They sat around a fire and yeah. waited for the, for the cattle cows. to move. Book, book six, yeah. uh, Lord of Chaos, The Lord of Chaos, uh, took me so long. It was such a political snooze. And I like political drama yeah. i'm i'm a person who loved the senate scenes and the prequels i'm telling you i love that <laughs> shit i do but this just got to be where it was just everyone is just everyone just kept saying the same thing over and over to each other and after a while that grows that stale. is star wars prequels so, by the way it is star wars it prequels, is yeah. yeah anyway i'm i'm really loving it uh I, it's been really exciting i'm excited for i hope i really hope that they make enough of the show that we get to see some of the cooler stuff that's about to start happening because they're, you know, the way that they show weaves, uh, the, the, the people using Sidar and Sidin, the way that they show uh, the, the clothes, God, the, uh, costumes, the costumes of Wheel of so Time good. is amazing. The casting's really good. So it's been really exciting. Uh, Wheel of Time, by the way, is another show ruined by wokeness. Uh, because even though uh, the characters are described as like the main characters are described as coming from a northern village where everyone is uh, shorter and dark, dark hair, dark eyes, uh, and they're just described as being dark. Uh, sure. They cast POC in these roles. The what? Um, these were roles that I, a white person, just assumed were white people. So I'm very upset. Yeah. Says the internet, but instead mm. the casting's perfect. I mean, everyone they've cast in yeah. the show is perfect. So it's been really, really uh, fun to read, and I really recommend revisiting. If there's a series from your childhood that you, or even your young adulthood, that you're like, man, I, I, I would go back, go back. It's good to reread it, even if it makes you cringe a little bit and go, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I thought this was good. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's very helpful. Yes, well, that, that happened to me with uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, and uh, you can't yes. go home again. But uh, very true. Nick, very true. Nick, uh, what's what's your boner? What's what's got you all excited, erect? So, I've been holding off buying a new video game for as long as possible. I've been uh, playing a bunch of stuff on Game Pass. I've, I, I uh, but I've been really looking forward to either, you know, Spider Man Two, Alan Wake Two, or. Let's see. Uh, the new Assassin's Creed Mirage. Mm-hmm. And so I went through and I replayed Control, which is the game by the same company that precedes Alan Wake 2 that's in the same world, but a very different game. Um, and I absolutely fucking love Control, and it's a, it's, a, it's a complete masterpiece. And I go on call for work this Thursday, and I'm going to have a lot of time on my hands. Where to we just don't, be home. To just be home. So I bought Alan Wake 2. I've, I've, I've put in about four hours as have i as has molly We're i'm a little turns. bit i'm a little bit ahead of her so i'm going to be, try to be careful about what i'm talking about and i'm not super far into the game but um you, you are, don't want to spoil it for listeners either right you are um so far in the game mostly playing as a new character saga anderson anderson uh which is the finnish pronunciation yeah that doesn't uh, surprise uh, me of the of the uh, of the name who is it a, sounds like she has a little bit of a speech impediment she mm, says anderson but i guess that is that is that is the finnish accent sa- well sa- the studio's finnish the yep, creators yep. finnish um but uh it's a it's a direct sequel to alan wake 2 with a lot of ties to control which are great so far, I absolutely love it. Um, it is 
really good horror. Like it's a scary game. I don't I don't get scared super easily. It's not like a macho thing. I just have a you know, I able to disconnect from fake things happening and, and you know, real feelings. It's definitely a very scary game in a in a very horrific game. Um I think that the distinction matters. Uh, so you're playing as this FBI agent who showed up at this this little town in um the Pacific Northwest called Bright Falls, <clears throat> which is where a lot of the first Alan Wake takes place, to investigate uh, a, a, a new murder in what seems to be a linked series of murders over the course of the last decade or so. 13 years. Yeah. And which so, is coincidentally when Alan Wake came out, right. 2010. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, she shows up, there's this fourth murder that's happening, and you're investigating the crime scene, and... Shit goes real weird real fast uh, with, you know, darkness covered being susceptible to light. Uh, so your flashlight is very much a, an important part of your uh, arsenal. Um, but the, there's, I think some of the really neatest things about the game are um, for Saga, she's an FBI agent. She's a profiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a very, in, intelligence is definitely her her you know secret weapon she has like a mind palace she calls it her mind place um in the game which is one of your instead of having just like a menu in the game that you open up and you go through your inventory or your your Letter skills and stats and, or whatever yeah. um you go into her mind and you go into a representation of the regional office for the FBI that, that's in this area and you are taking all the clues and things that you've uncovered and you have to manually, the player, pin them up on the wall and connect them with the string to create a narrative as you're figuring out the mystery and, and figuring out your, your goals. So you might a whole bunch of things might happen in the game and the game will not advance until you sit down, go to your mind place, collect your thoughts put everything together and be like, okay, what do I need to figure out next? Okay. I need to figure out who this guy is. I need to go find out something about this guy. Um, and I think that's really neat. I think that's, um, a a very, very original mechanic. And the, the menus were a little bit clumsy at first, but I think once they give you a whole bunch of clues to try to sort through, it becomes, it becomes pretty intuitive. Um, I just got to a part in the game where now I'm playing as Alan, the writer, Alan Wake, who is, he's kind of like a Stephen King. Yeah, he's Um, he's very much Stephen King. uh, If Stephen King was Pacific Northwest instead of Maine. You know what he's most like is uh, uh, the Johnny Depp character in the Stephen King story uh, where he's the writer who goes off to the retreat. Uh, If you remember that movie, it was based on a short story. Anyway. Um, Yeah, so he... he, um, Alan Wake has been missing since 2013, or he's been missing for 13 years as well since the, those last murders started. And now all Secret of a sudden, window. and now all of a sudden he's there, he's back, and he's talking about how he has accidentally released something from the darkness or from, dun, dun, from dun, under dun. the lake, mm-hmm. from under Cauldron Lake. If you've seen, if you've played the first Alan Wake, basically it really it, it the the main you know. Part of the story is that you know there's this the dark the dark one or the the dark presence the dark presence that is him or his psychosis or 
a supernatural thing or and so like that's the game is investigating what that is and and his wife and she's dead and there's all this you know, like so it's like it's like unpacking trauma yeah. and writing and a story coming to life and it or is it and so it's a very it's a very psychological thriller so the first game basically ends with alan wake locking himself into a mystical writing room that somehow exists in cauldron lake under cauldron lake in order to keep writing reality in such a way that his wife gets to go free and go live her life. And he, he sacrifices himself and now he's out and something else is out too. Um, and I think that might shape up to be a bigger, the villain of the, of the game. If I had to guess, he's referred to it as scratch, which is very interesting to me too. Um, and his, Game mechanics are totally different than Saga's. Oh, exciting. He has a like puzzle-solving elements for walking around that remind me more of Control. Um, I've run in with him. I've run into a character from Control that, that I don't know if I want to talk about because yeah, Molly is just cool. familiar with Control. Um, and, and some other things that I'm like, Saga is in the Pacific Northwest, in the woods, walking through the wilderness, it's very, very creepy and scary. Alan Wake is in an urban environment. He's mm. in buildings. He's indoors. It's it's thematically very, very different. And so I feel like I'm getting two games, in a sense, here that are telling the same story. Um, I'm very eager to play more, but you know, only being four or five hours in, the reviews out there are so incredibly positive people are saying it's a masterpiece it's a it's it's a, um just a brilliant storytelling it's a instant classic um it only came out in late october and people are like game of the year um it's it's on the the game of the year nominations right off the bat um with its release and uh, i don't know there's some interest other interesting things uh, molly i don't know if you noticed that alex casey your your partner mm-hmm. uh, your FBI agent partner um is voiced by and modeled after Sam Lake who is the director of the game Oh, I didn't know what he looked like. Uh who is also the char- the man that um Max Payne from the Max Payne series of games is modeled after is is the same head of the studio, Sam Lake, this Finnish guy. And but Alex Casey is an investigator from Alan Wake's book series. So Saga shows up with her partner to investigate in this small town. Her partner is a fictional character from Alan Wake's books. Hmm. Or is he just an FBI Hmm. agent who has the same name as this, you know, like noir detective? Yeah. It's, it's impossible to say at this point. What was that game where you, where it was like the two that we played, uh, where you were two different characters. Uh, one was like on a spaceship trying to get home and the other one was like not on a spaceship and it turned out they were in the same broken age, broken age. It makes me think of that where it's like you're, you're playing two different characters that seem to have nothing to do with each other in the sense of where they're, where they are, but they will eventually probably come together. It seems. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's it's just it's pretty neat. There's a lot of weird Finnish connections. I mean, that's not surprising. It's a Finnish, you know, game company. Um, but there's some some neat weird Finn stuff. There's um, there's a band that has been in Alan Wake, and their music was in Control, and they are they are featured in this game as well. 
and and just a whole bunch of fun tie-ins. There's it's very very Twin Peaks. Yes. To the Saga Anderson parts are, you know, she and her partner drinking coffee in unison together, like in Twin Peaks. She's an FBI agent who's showing up to investigate a murder in a small rural Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. town, and she has to work with the local law enforcement who are kind of either like. I don't know about this fucking hoity-toity FBI woman or, oh my gosh, the real live FBI here in Bright <laughs> Falls. And, yeah. and it, you know, that's it's all very Twin Peaks. There's a little diner that has amazing coffee and a waitress who's kind of got a log lady thing going on where mm-hmm. she recognizes the protagonist and starts telling you about when you were last in this town and telling you a whole bunch of shit that but- just didn't fucking happen yeah like it's your first time ever being there so you're like okay that's not me yeah it's cool She's talking about like a whole bunch of shit that just did not happen to this character yeah so, unless, i don't know unless maybe it did oh that's yeah. dun, 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 dun. it's it's fantastic i i molly you you don't you get nauseated with get, first person oh i get nauseated so easy but i uh was able there's not a lot of accessibility controls in this game but i was able to dramatically reduce the uh, uh, the sensitivity on the vertical and horizontal motion, and that has been great. Uh, it's it is technically a third person perspective. It isn't yep. first person, right. uh, but uh, it is it is a little swoopy at times. But uh, and I'm 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 so far doing okay with the combat. I have it on story yeah. mode so that uh, the the dudes aren't killing me so fast. <laughs> in, in the game control, the accessibility options were to such a gr- degree that you could actually turn on invincibility to just play through the game and play the story. Uh, Alan Wake 2 isn't quite to that level of you can't just turn on invis- invincibility, but I did watch Molly play against a boss on story and I did it okay. was very forgiving in terms of what you were allowed yeah, to survive. It was very forgiving in terms um, of my ability to play that game. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, it, it's third person, but the camera is very close to the back of the character, mm. which gives you a very claustrophobic feeling. Oh, yeah. And it's almost all in the dark where if you don't have your flashlight on, you can't see anything. So you're basically only seeing what your flashlight illuminates. It's very yeah. it's very creepy. Yeah, I, I got uh, real scared last night. It's, it was uh, great. it's digital only right now. You cannot buy a physical copy of Alan Wake 2. Get fucked. It is that shit, that shit makes me crazy. It is well secondhand sales and yada yada. If buying isn't owning, then piracy isn't stealing. <laughs> right. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There's there's an episode tied. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Tim. Hello. I couldn't help but notice that you've got a rager. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> It'll never but, uh, not be funny to what's, me. What's the cause of that? I can't imagine it's me. Well, and Nick. look, it is December uh, as uh-huh. we record. And uh, so what I often do in December is I watch a lot of holiday movies, uh, which I have been doing. And I've been trying to watch some holiday movies that I haven't watched in a while because, mm. you know, we've got we've got the ones that I always watch. Um, yeah, we've done shows all about them. Sure we have. But uh, I, I like uh, I was like, well, you know, I, I, I don't know the last time I watched Santa Claus. So I, I decided oh, to go back. Oh, like the Santa Claus? The Santa Claus. C-L-A-U-S-E. So I decided to go back and watch the Santa Claus. And it's, uh, you know, it's a movie. It's, it is. Uh, and then I decided to watch The Santa Claus 2, which That's is not a, movie. a much worse movie. <laughs> That's barely a movie. <laughs> and I, 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 I thought I'd seen The Santa Claus 2 before, but I had not. Is that Tim Allen? It yeah, it's Tim oh, Allen. It's Boy. Tim Allen, who, much like in the last episode we were talking about Kelsey Grammer, Tim Allen is also yeah. kind of a person that oh, yeah. 
You should try to try to sucks. bit of a piece of shit. Yeah, he's kind of a kind of. But a piece also, of shit. like, let me just say, the Santa Claus ends pretty definitively, and I remember when they made the Santa Claus too. I was like, why? <laughs> well, because he had to get married. Ugh. It was the Mrs. Claus, Molly. Ugh, so dumb. The Mrs. Claus. They could have called it the Mrs. Claus, but they didn't. They called it the Santa Claus too. <laughs> and then Santa Claus three, which I have not watched because oh that one. Oh my god, a third. I've, he has I've to actually, fuck a reindeer in that one. I've actually seen that one, and oh it's god, not, it's not. Does he have to have watching. a kid? No, he already had kids. He decides he decides he doesn't want to be Santa anymore, so Jack Frost takes over. Oh. Jack nice. Frost played by Martin Short. Oh, oh I remember right. seeing trailers for this. I yeah. saw trailers for that. That sounds yes. exhausting. And uh, Martin Short is one of those actors who is either very good or Martin Short. Yep. Yes. And uh, in this particular movie, he's Martin Short. Uh, he seems like he was very Martin very, Short. Very, <laughs> Martin, very Martin Short. So so I, I haven't gone on to Santa Claus 3, but but we just did Home Alone, and then we watched Home Alone mm. 2. Normally, we'll watch just Home Alone. Yeah. How do those hold up? Sorry, go ahead. Home Alone holds up just fine. I mean, you're still like, they got they, they really got to work it to lose the kid. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, but I, I mean, the thing that... that I was struck with, I'm like, they put Catherine O'Hara in this movie and she's the straight man. Mm. Who does uh, that? Uh, and mm-hmm. it, she, it works. I'm not saying she does a bad job, but I'm like, who's, who's like, I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara is available. Mm-hmm. Let's make her not funny. Yeah. Let's um, just make her a, a, a sad mom. A, a, a mom who, can't, who left her kid at home and yeah. is freaking out about it uh, and, and has to ride in a, in a, budget rent a van with john candy playing poker music uh because oh, right. yeah yeah uh home alone you know other other than in home alone what we do i don't i assume everybody does this uh when you get to the part where he's he's torturing the the thieves mm. is deciding how many of those actions would kill them if they were real oh, yes, people yes yes sure. yeah the paint so, can swinging full oh. force down the staircase would and absolutely kill you dead. yeah absolutely yeah. you're, you're unconscious land, for at least ice. a couple they hours. land on their back on oh, top yeah. of micro machines oh yeah uh, which i imagine would pierce skin or at least I, like really hurt yeah um the, but, but in in Home Alone 2, mm. they up the death count mm-hmm. by a factor of three. I mean, the number of times that they should die in that movie. Inc- yeah. <laughs> including, and I mean, it, it, both Devin, Devin my, my younger, and I have been watching these movies together. And, and there was a moment in Home Alone 2 where we just laughed because it was so ridiculous yeah. to imagine somebody surviving it. Because what happens is uh, Harry... Who's uh, who's Joe Pesci? Yep, uh, has his head set on fire again. He again. had it set on fire in the first. movie. And he's movie. not scarred in the second movie, really. Well, he's wearing a hat the whole oh, time. Oh, sure, yeah. So Got that hat. And the hat gets set on fire, so he decides he's going to extinguish the hat uh-huh. by putting his head into a toilet, oh. which we've been shown earlier. Kevin filled with kerosene. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the house burns down. So. I mean, that's so an explosion. He, so <laughs> the fumes alone. He puts his head into the, the into the toilet. They flash to the outside yeah. where there is a gigantic explosion. Yeah. Though I should point out, not gigantic enough to blow the windows. I was going to say, not building. a single window broken. Just no. a bright light. Yeah, just just a bright light. But yeah. they they didn't want to show it up close. They had to so we could see how it's big expensive. it is. Yeah, and then we flash back to Joe Pesci, who. 
By the way, the way he had decided to put his head into the toilet is he had done a handstand on the toilet. That makes sense. And then lowered his that's head. A, that's what I do it. every yeah. time I have to throw up. I yeah. do a handstand. You do a handstand. That's exactly right. Because then you'll make less of a mess. Joe it's, Pesci is certainly a handstanding kind of guy. He seems like the kind of handstanding yeah. kind of guy. He looks he's agile. got handstand Oh, yeah, he's, he's very uh, agile. <laughs> and, he, and, and then he lowers his head into the. In, and, and so then we flash back after the explosion, and he's still in a handstand. <laughs> Invincible. Sure, sure. And his face is covered in soot. Of course, like an old timey cartoon. And his teeth are blackened oh, yeah. with soot. And that's and he looks like it hurt. Yeah. A little I bit. Mean, My, um, I feel like for me, let me just if I may chime in. Uh, sure. the, the the way they lose Kevin McAllister in the first movie made a lot of sense to me. Having yeah. been in a large scale McBride family, we're all leaving to go to the airport sure. for a Christmas vacation situation. Uh, there's a lot of kids, people yelling and running around. It makes total sense that the little kid might get left behind, especially if he kind of wasn't worried too much about it. And he's kind of, he's literally yeah. six. He's just kind of yeah. being an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense to me. Uh, Home Alone 2 to me is a fucking travesty because there's absolutely no way, there's no way you let that kid out of your sight the day that you're all leaving you for a think, vacation. A year after. A year later. One year, one year later, he's what, now seven? Yeah. That traumatic scarring experience where you were like, didn't know if he was alive or dead for weeks because you couldn't get him to answer the phone or whatever and like all that. Like, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, come yeah, on. yeah. You would, you would think that as a, as a family, they would, they the would figure that. premise is flawed. They would figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah. They would Here's figure where it that gets shit a little out. unbelievable. No, right, no, I'm just saying, right off the bat, I couldn't even I, enjoy myself. That, I was so angry about it. The thing that always pisses me off in Home Alone is there's a, there's a part at the beginning where uh, they 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 order pizza and um, and Kevin's older brother Buzz, who's the real villain of the film, he fucking sucks. Uh, he's a fucking asshole, and he eats all the cheese pizza in approximately two minutes because that's the amount of time it takes Kevin to get downstairs once mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. it's announced that there's pizza. And Kevin is is understandably angry and mm-hmm. pushes his brother, and and a mess happens. And the parents are angry at Kevin and, you know, it's a very stressful situation. And the uncle, who's the other villain of the Mm, piece, says, look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. And the parents don't go, you shut the fuck up. Yeah, right? It's not your child, right? you fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, they spill Coke on the tickets or something, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, and they yeah. microwave they microwave some passports and stuff Stuff happens, but... Just the usual. Yeah. <laughs> the usual. But the, uh, the second one has which, Donald Trump, too, The second right? one does have a cameo by Donald Trump, Ugh. and it also has a, what is theoretically a full role, but I would define as a cameo by Tim Curry. Uh, mm-hmm. Because he's not in enough of the movie for it the to hotel, be. Yeah, he's the yeah. hotel concierge. Yeah, and, and uh, it's so. Army. But, but it has been a long time since I've watched Home Alone two. Yes, it gave me some genuine laughs when I watched Joe Pesci's character blow up and and get soot on his face like Wiley e. Coyote yeah. might in a like similar a little circumstance. Rascal. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> rascal moment. Yeah. Uh, and so I was glad to watch that. Um, we haven't watched Die Hard yet. But, uh, but, <laughs> oh, <rude. laughs> wow. wow. I like Die Hard. I'm so exhausted by the frenetic, it's a Christmas movie. It's like, okay, no one's, no one, no one even said anything. <laughs> well, the funny thing is people do. And that's, that's why it's so ridiculous. It's like, who gives a shit? Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and a part of the reason that I, I, I was actually planning on, um, part of the reason that this is my geeky boner is, uh, there's a show in the Twin Cities called uh, Die Hard, a, a very, very Die, Die Hard, Hard Christmas, Christmas by um, 
by a, a gentleman by the name of Josh Carson, very funny comedian and writer, uh, starring, among other people, friend of the show, Duck Washington. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a cameo role at the end of the show, uh, Secret Santa. Um, and for the first time ever, I was asked to be Secret Santa. Nice. And that was really cool. I was like, yes, I will do this. Yeah. Uh, you get two lines at the end of the show. And you get to watch the show. And I've never seen the show. Yeah. I've never seen the show. Yeah, so. it, sells, it sells out right away. It every sells year. out in the first 20 minutes. It, 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 and I'm and like, it's at the BLB. And, I'm like, and, and, and <laughs> I have not been back at the BLB since they kicked Vilification Tennis out. Same. This, this was my first time back, and that was a little weird. But the people who work at the BLB now are not the people who worked at the BLB then in most in most cases. And, and our old tech pal Barb is still there and, and 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 so I said hi to Barb after the show and that was really neat yeah because the other tech pal who worked there just passed away a couple yeah. of weeks ago yeah. so it was good to be able to talk to Barb and go you know I'm really sorry about Brian and, mm-hmm. and Barb told me a little bit what happened with him and anyway so that got me knowing that I was going to do this mm. show got me into well I got to start watching these Christmas mm. movies and, sure. and I got to start watching Die Hard uh, which I haven't done yet that's that's a little further down the list so you didn't do your show prep is what you said I did not do my show prep I planned on it I planned on it but or, uh, are we going to watch um, Violent Night or Spirited yes yes I'm going to watch Violent Night Violent Night's for great. sure uh, and uh, it's uh, it's not available on streaming anywhere you got to rent or buy. So it's on, the, uh, it's on the. You have a friend that has it on their Plex server. Uh, what about uh, Scrooged? Oh, Are there Scrooged. any other like classic-ish kind of you know like the Muppet Christmas classics? Carol is an absolute yeah. must. Sure. Yeah. We've sure. watched the Muppet Christmas Carol. Noel, which is a Disney movie with Anna Kendrick playing. That was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that, and that's become kind of an annual thing. We just watched that one. Uh, we always are on a look for new ones. We do mm-hmm. watch a few of the Hallmark Christmas movies, even though they're all the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know from the Renaissance Festival, Jim Cunningham, the Feastmaster, mm-hmm. is in a Hallmark movie this year, releasing on December 8th, which will mm. uh, is not yet December 8th as we're recording, but I'm going to be watching like, that Like, is one. he Donald Trump in it, or is he Tim, <laughs> no. Cur- or is he Tim Curry in it? Or <laughs> I think he, I, he's probably a parent of one of the main characters. Oh, all right. Just knowing his general age, but Rachel Lee Cook is the lead mm-hmm. in it, so oh. uh, she she was uh, in, in uh, she was Josie Josie in the Pussycats. The Pussycats. That's right. <laughs> she went to South High School. Yes, she did. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's, she's so a she's local a local girl. girl, and she's um she's so I, I'm going to be definitely watching that movie. That movie apparently will be on uh, YouTube, and I don't remember the name oh. of it. I would tell our, our our listeners to watch this movie featuring somebody we know. Uh, but I can't because have, I don't remember the name of it. Have you seen the trailers for It's a Wonderful Knife? I have not, but I hear that. I, I know that friend of the show, Wendy Bowlesby, has mm-hmm. watched that. And, uh, you know, certainly Christmas horror is always always a category that should be should be entertain, yeah. entertaining. I, I hate It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. But I'm fascinated with the premise of turning the, you know, gosh, what would it be like if I was never even born or whatever as a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, there is a new uh, movie that that I'm going to have to watch on my own because Devin has insisted he will not watch it, hmm. and it does look pretty bad on Disney Plus called The Naughty Nine, in which uh, nine naughty children, oh. uh, having been given coal or something by Santa Claus because they were naughty, decide to break into the North Pole. So it's a heist movie. 
Oh, mm. sure. Like oh, it's like with, Ocean's Eleven with revenge, kids, revenge with kids. Sure. In the North Pole. Maybe it's more like it's, the Dirty Dozen. If it's, it's the Naughty Nine, I wonder if it's meant to be it's like the Ocean's dirty. Eleven years old. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it looks uh, like it's probably not very good. Oh, but uh, I, you don't say. But uh, I, I is wanna, it also on YouTube? It's, it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, it's on Disney Plus. Well, that's so, yeah. I, I, they put all kinds of. Shitty I've already. Stuff I've out already. I already subscribed to Disney Plus, yeah, so yeah. I can. I can go check that out. There are two seasons of the Santa Clauses, oh which is uh, a new featuring Tim Allen. I'm not going to watch that, um, <sighs> but uh, it's it's you know Santa trying to do stuff with his family. And anyway, you know I'm not I'm not generally one of those people that says like oh all they ever do is reboots and retreads and oh come up with an original idea. It's so boring. But sometimes I'm just like. For fuck's sake. They are, Molly. How, there's no... You can't beat... The horse is dead. You're beating it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is coming out like they, it is. They are up to Home Alone 7. I, I will know. Have you know. I just... Home oh. Alone 7. Really? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Which I'm not, pla- I'm not planning on watching them all. I am not. Um, I do try to watch a lot of... A Christmas Carol we've talked about before is kind of my favorite I love holiday. any Christmas Carol. My yep. favorite holiday story. Yep. So I will try to watch several versions of A Christmas Carol. A billionaire gets scolded by ghosts. What's yeah, I know. not to it's love? Like, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like fuck you, Elon Musk. That's what a Christmas Carol is. Yeah. Um, showing Elon Musk that he's an asshole, and he, Elon Musk actually learns from it. GFY. So it's not. It's not real. <laughs> GFY ghosts. GFY. Why do we ask Earth what GFY. they think about your little ghosts? thing so you know i'll uh, i'll fill you in if i see anything that yeah is good but definitely violent night is is going to be a rewatch this year that was in the theater that last was year. Great last year we did an episode about it, oh, yeah. it yep. is yep it is effectively die hard with santa claus and uh it's i would awesome yeah yeah i guess that's i mean there's that that that, that makes a lot of movies die hard if yeah, that's, well, if no, that's, that's the case that's then, well, yeah yeah it's not die hard but they do a die hard yeah, you can yeah. do a Die Hard it's without also, being a Die Hard. It's also Home Alone with Santa Claus. It is it also is. kind of Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. It's not a Christmas Carol with Santa Claus. It's isn't, not. Isn't no Home Alone Carol with happening. Santa Claus just Home Alone? <laughs> there is Santa Claus. There is, it's just it's just a guy in a Santa suit in in Home Alone. There's not that. It's not a lot of Santa is, in Home Alone. Is Trading Places a Christmas movie? I trading places could definitely be considered a Christmas movie. It. Well, we talked about this when we were talking about uh, uh, Halloween and autumn and stuff like that. Yeah. Is 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 it does the movie taking place at a certain time make it of that movie? Like, is it a Halloween right. movie? Is Mean Girls a Halloween movie and a Christmas no. movie both? No. There is Halloween and Christmas featured no. very prominently in that movie. They do, but they don't. They, they aren't really the central theming of the movie. It's yes. like Nightmare Before Christmas. The hard thing. Is is it a Halloween or a Christmas movie? I would argue it's both. I would argue. Sure. Who cares? Yeah. It's, 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 it's the whole point is that it's both. It the whole point yeah. is that yeah. it's yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it takes place at Christmas and because Christmas is important to the plot. Currently, um, the season five of Fargo takes place during the Halloween time, and Halloween is also so currently Fargo important is, to the plot. Fargo season so five is a Halloween show. I would argue it, it is a Halloween show. Is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it matters. So, you know, I, I just, I, I enjoy going through these movies they are kind of comfort comfort food hmm. at this time of year um, I enjoy that most Christmas movies have nothing to do with God it's it's the greatest thing that They're, is true it's almost all of these movies are are just about Santa 
or uh, or if it's about God, it's about God in this very vague uh, uh, do unto others, yeah. like be kind and goodwill and, to all. Yeah, and like they, like oh, like they may even say like, well, at this time of year, we all try to be you know kind to each other, and they don't really say why, you yeah. know, like because <laughs> Jesus was born, and I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're not going to watch uh, Kirk Cameron saves Christmas. That's no. not going to happen. You're going to watch Love Action. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Love I, Actually is like one of those movies that I know a lot of people that love it. And I, there's parts of it I like, and there's parts of it that are really cringe, I, which yeah. is kind of the problem with Trading Places, That's too. every yeah, Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a Christmas movie that there wasn't a part where I was like, this is fucking cringe. There's very few of them. That's, there, there's, very, there's maybe like five Christmas movies out there that I like to watch that don't have a cringe point for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it is because I don't like... Uh, I don't like manufactured schmaltzy sure. uh, mm. uh, good feeling stuff. I don't yeah. like it when it feels forced. And so much of Christmas movies feels so forced. Like, you know, everyone's being nice just because it's Christmas. Just like, like and, real Christmas. Yes. And so Love Actually is one of those ones where I used to really love it. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, and I would watch it. I mean, I've probably seen it 20 times. And then as I got older and I kind of was like, "Ah, there's a lot of stuff that just sort of gets glossed over in this movie Mm. that I wish was being more stridently talked about being shitty. Like Alan Rickman's whole deal is bad. Or or the the stalker who we're supposed to sort of sort of. We're supposed to care. The guy who shows up with the cards. Oh, fuck that guy. Tell your husband it's Carol. Fuck that guy. Lie to your husband while I tell you that you should be with me, but I won't ever intrude i love you too much oh get far yeah yeah that, <laughs> that's that's creepy yeah yeah but i yeah, i and, and, and you know there's the may december romance between uh, colin firth and the and the portuguese yeah uh, there's, there's maid, some weirdness in that too which is, which is i mean it's not awful it's kind of sweet but you know could they have maybe picked a younger guy so or it's le- not, or, or yeah, yeah yeah the the uh i do i will say we spirited Loved that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's in my top three, I think, yeah, Christmas Spirit movies it'll of all definitely, time. Spirit It'll definitely be a watch. It never felt like manufactured schmaltz for me. It just yeah. felt good. It just felt funny the whole time through. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. mean, we'll definitely watch Elf uh, at some point. Um, Elf is my brother's favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy it. I don't, I don't, it's not like my favorite Christmas movie, but I, I, I think it's, wor- it's well worth watching. Mm. It's, um, it's, it, yeah, in a in a Christmas movie way, and there and you know every time he says you know goodbye, Mister Narwhal, I laugh because yeah, I I think it's funny that there's a Mister Narwhal in in I don't know I just think it's funny. I feel like Christmas, like all fandoms, uh, when I find <laughs> when somebody is like way too into it, mm-hmm. sometimes that's a little off putting to me, and I don't mean like someone who's like oh I love Christmas and I. I I love Christmas. I very much sure. enjoy secular Christmas. I it's one of my favorite yeah. times of year. I love the month of December. But then there's people who get like uh, I don't know the way that we get the way our us people our our people get where they just kind of make it their whole thing and they get so obsessive and people have a tendency to get stuck in tradition yeah, where sure. we have to do this because we always do this and like I get that. But for me, the, the Chris that kind of stuff feels so rigid to me that like I really like coming up with new like being very fluid about stuff like that, sure. you know? So, yeah. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, that's, it's, it's just something I like doing around this time of year. Yeah. And, uh, so I've been having a good time with it. That's awesome. So that's, that's my bon- lovely Those boner. Are, yeah. We've, we've all had lovely boners. I can't wait. to. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> uh, wrong button. Nick. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really hope that the leveler takes care of those or yeah. someone is someone is like have their has their headphones out. on just going, "What the fuck?" Now, now here's yeah. a question. Did I hit the wrong button just so I could do the womp 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 womp? Who yes, can say? You did. Who can I'd, say? Who can say? You did. I know you say. did. I know you too well. Well, Nick. and because it's Christmas, I'm going to be charitable with my oh. and I'm going to say that you did do it as an honest mistake. Oh. Yeah. Every time yeah. Nick puts is the wrong button an angel gets its wings <laughs> <laughs> not gonna watch uh, it's a wonderful life by the way that's yeah. not a, that's, that's not part of our holiday tradition it's not a good movie uh, <laughs> but uh but you know if you're in minnesota and you want to go watch it's an honorable life <laughs> that's uh the klingon version of it's a wonderful life it's much better believe me uh it has klingons in it it um, does have klingons in it. so that's that's all i'm gonna say about that but uh <laughs> If uh, you want to tell us about your favorite Christmas movie, I can't wait to name this show Wheel of Boners. That's uh, <laughs> that's going to be exciting. I saw a picture like that once. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. Tattoo. Whatever you do in this time of year, I hope uh, you have time to enjoy whatever your geeky boners are. Please, if you uh, feel like letting us know in the comments uh, on Facebook or on Blue Sky what your current boners are, we'd love to hear about them. Maybe maybe they'll they'll be our boners next time because Ooh. there's nothing we like better than stealing boners. <laughs> our boners. Yeah, I'm a woman. I steal every boner and emasculate yes. men. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Uh, so we've been Geeks Without God. Uh, you can send us five questions if you want. Lately, it doesn't seem like you have. That's cool, too. Uh, we'll be around next week, and uh, we will talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Tired. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Wired. Home Alone is a snuff film. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Boner, Boner alert. alert. <laughs>